Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by Fivo. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and so excited to welcome my very good friend and incredible NFL analyst, NFL Network's Taylor Bashadi to the show. Taylor, welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Like the it's highlight been- of my season, I have to say, is coming to San Francisco more, covering the 49ers and getting to spend time with you. So it's a win-win for me. Well, and I was just going to say, it's been so fun because you've been coming up to the Bay more and covering the 49ers. And it has been, we go to sushi, we talk football, we talk life, and it's been amazing. So I thought, how amazing to have Taylor on the show and then see how many times I can say amazing in one sentence. And <laughs> here we are. So no, what's amazing though was the 49ers game yesterday. Yes, it absolutely was. On Sunday, Taylor and I were both there covering the game. 49ers play the Rams. The 49ers who going into the game were three and four. One could say backs a little bit against the wall against a struggling Rams team as well, who was coming off a bye. Uh, the 49ers are now 4-4 four and four after their 31-14 victory over the Rams. 4-4 four and four sounds much better much than 3-5, uh, which the 49ers know because they were 3-5 and five at one point last year, went on to get to the NFC Championship game, but still. The story of the day, and there are a few other storylines, but of course the major story of the day is Christian McCaffrey, who had been in Santa Clara for all of about nine days. Uh, he played a few snaps against the Chiefs, but played on Sunday. He threw a touchdown pass. He had a rushing touchdown. He had an unbelievable touchdown catch. Touchdown triple crown. Only the fourth player in NFL history. Unbelievable. Which really, it absolutely unbelievable. And Kyle Shanahan told a great story in the press conference after that Thursday night, they're putting in together the game plan or installing it. And he says, does anyone know if Christian can throw? And the Fortnite's tight ends coach throws, sends him a video of McCaffrey throwing, I think, a 53-yard touchdown pass, either college or high school. And he was like, so he can. And, you know, that was that. They got that play in there. And it was really incredible. It was a spark the 49ers offense needed. And something I want to bring up is I think one thing about this trade that people had questions about, and to the 49ers' credit, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan said when they made it, Christian is not a magic pill. He is not going to magically fix all of our problems. They have other issues going on. Those issues were very prevalent during the Chiefs game. But I think what we saw during the Rams game is he may not fix everything else, but if they could put some dynamic sparks into the offense and now they're scoring more points, which, spoiler alert, is really important to winning football games, then it kind of can help some of the other things. And I think it does create a spark throughout the team. So, Taylor, what do you think of this trade and what do you see going forward? I love it. I think that this is the missing piece and the missing ingredient that Kyle Shanahan really needed. Obviously the 49ers were struggling to convert third downs all season. We heard Shanahan say this over and over and over in post-game press conferences, just saying how frustrated that he was. And since 2017, no player Christian McCaffrey leads the league in all players on third down scrimmage yards. So he kind of got the exact type of player that he needed. And something else that's interesting is that Christian McCaffrey is a running back who can play receiver. Apparently he can play quarterback too. And Debo Samuels are running back or a receiver who can play running back. So it literally allows Debo to free up and be that deep threat receiver that he can be and that he should be rather than kind of playing the running back position. This now allows Kyle Shanahan to go back to his drawing board and just create some very unique 
creative plays, which we all know that that's what he's best at. So like you said, it's not going to fix every issue that the 49ers have, but I do think that it does fix so many of their offensive issues. And against the Rams, they didn't even have Debo Samuel yesterday. So who were the most dynamic players and the biggest impact players during both Rams game, the first one week four, and then week eight, first game, it was Debo second game. Mm -hmm. It was Christian McCaffrey. So it'll be fascinating to see once they're both on the field. Basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. So the 49ers leading the league in dual threat offensive weapons, which is not a bad place to be. And something else that I think is worth bringing up on Sunday because he gets just, you know, thrown under the bus week after week is a quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo had a really yeah. good game, a really clean game, no turnovers. There was the almost interception, but it didn't happen. Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers all play really well against the Rams in the regular season. And it's funny. Cause it's like the 49ers just need a dose of the Rams to get them to back, get the on, back track. on track. So it's a really a shame. They can't be playing them all the time. It's funny. After the game, George Kittle said, he's like, I feel like I played the Rams three, four times in the last 11 weeks of football. And he's not wrong. So it was week 18, the NFC championship in these two games. And he's like, I'm ready to play some other teams. And I was thinking, if I were you, I would see if I you could get them on the schedule. I was talking to Brandon Ayuk after the game in the locker room. And he was saying, uh-huh. you know, I feel like this is a home game for me in a really weird uh-huh. way. And I think that we all uh-huh. do. Basically, like my family knows where to go in the hotel. They know exactly what to order. I know exactly what to order. There's so uh-huh. much red around us when we're playing it's loud. Our fans travel well. So honestly, this kind of feels like a home game for us, which is funny. It is. It is really funny. And I think, you know, a lot of that is because Los Angeles did not have a football team for so long and everybody makes fun of it at Levi South. And I definitely tweeted that and all the red, but Los Angeles didn't have a football team for so long that people adopted the 49ers and the Rams have just not been in Los Angeles that long. People are still getting used to it, even with the Super Bowl win. But also with LA, it's a little bit, there's so much going on here and it is a Dodgers and then Lakers town yeah. more than anything. So the and Rams winning just travel well, like no matter where you're going, but if it's a 45 minute flight and it's a division rival, you can bet your bottom dollar they're getting on that flight to go support Ab- the Niner game. Ab- absolutely. But I just think it's with the Rams having won the Super yeah. Bowl and then kind of coming back and not playing so well. Still, it doesn't help things. But no matter what, Fort Niners fans do travel well. I've told this story on the podcast a million times, but I'll never forget the Jacksonville game last season. And the Jack—I mean, Jacksonville is just not easy to get to, like no matter what. Yeah. And the amount of red in that stadium was unbelievable. Nashville on December twenty-third, a Thursday night game. That's so cool. so Fort, yeah, Fort Niners fans travel unbelievably well, and I think it does feel like a home game. And they just the Fort Niners dominate this team in the regular season, and I. I keep saying this. I think you could make the argument that in the NFC Championship game, they also were the dominant team and they were just a dropped interception away 
from it. And granted, you never know what can happen in a game, but there were things that ha- a couple things that happened and mainly that, and they, they would have won that game. So they just, they match up well. And I now think at a certain point for the Rams, it's like in their head. I agree with that. I definitely think it's in McVay's head. I think he's got this weird competition thing with Shanahan. And he thinks that he can try and like outsmart Shanahan or he tries to think too much into what Shanahan's thinking. I also think that Shanahan just is a very creative play caller and he can expose the Rams weaknesses very easy. I think it's easy for him to spot them. They play two times a year. He mm-hmm. knows them so well inside and out. And then it helps that, you know, the coach so well. So you kind of have an idea for what his game plan is going to be. Um, and I can't emphasize enough how much Christian McCaffrey really does do for this team. I think it's something that Shanahan is like, he feels like it was Christmas came early once Christian McCaffrey came to the team because he can go back to his drawing board. He can go back to his creative play calling mm-hmm. and really do what he does best. But there's one other thing that I wanted to mention based off of what we were just saying is that that first half, of the second, the game yesterday for the mm-hmm. Rams game. I was a little concerned because it seemed like the mm-hmm. Rams were taking a page out of the 49ers playbook on that 17 play drive, nine mm-hmm. minutes off the clock where they were just converting, 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 running the ball very well. I was a little worried then I thought, Hmm, is this the game that the, you know, maybe the, this is the year that the 49ers don't sweep the Rams and the Rams do come mm-hmm. back and maybe SoFi is now haunted for them, but no, it was a tale of two different teams. I would say the 49ers in the first half and the 49ers in the second half. In the set, I think the Rams played their best game of football or best half of football all season long in that first half. I think they mm-hmm. probably played their worst half of football in the second half. And maybe same goes for the 49ers. I don't know if it's as much because they have had a few other bad halves. <laughs> I don't want you to to not give credit where credit is due. 49ers have had some terrible halves of football. I will take you back to week three against Denver in the second half, and then we can compare. But they have had some, and I, the Chiefs, oh, yeah. I, they've had some terrible halves of football. But I think what was interesting in that second half is the 49ers did exactly what you said a couple minutes ago. They were able to identify what weaknesses the Rams have had and what they could capitalize on. And they made those second half adjustments. And that is a big deal for San Francisco because it's something that has been the opposite in all of their losses. Right. And even in some of their wins that they, they've had, but in all of their losses, the second half has been their nightmare. And it, it reminded me a little bit of, and this not not nearly as bad, but in 2016, when Chip Kelly was the coach of this team, those the first half 49ers were, I wouldn't say they were great, but they were good. And then the second half was just a disaster. The offense specifically was reminding me a little bit of that. So we think what we saw on Sunday was the 49ers able to make those adjustments. And again, I think like you are right. They know the Rams so well. Kyle Shanahan knows them so well, but they were able to identify those weaknesses and it made a difference. And in, in talking about taking a page out of the 49ers playbook, the 49ers kind of took a page out oh, of the Rams sure. playbook with this Christian McCaffrey trade too, because they were like, forget what the, all the, they feel yeah, like the, they have the team right now, which is also so interesting because you know, that Shanahan was very pro Trey Lance, but I think it says a lot that he was willing to in some way, break the bank and go all in this year to get Christian McCaffrey because they truly do believe that they've got the perfect team around them. And that this is the missing piece. And I think that John Lynch said that just moments after they made the trade when he was talking to the media, he said, I think if anything, it shows that we truly do believe in this team right now. And we believe in our ability and chances of going all the way. He did. He said, he said it shows that they're all in, but he did say, we know this isn't 
the missing puzzle. This isn't the magic pill that's going to fix right. everything. He did say that, but he did say it, sh- it shows that they were going all in. Shanahan said that is what he told the players, but I was thinking, you know, all the memes, the F them picks, and that's really the Rams have done that. And, yeah. and they have got all in and, you know, we'll never know would they have done it with Trey as quarterback. We have no idea. We don't know where they'd be right now. We just, we just have no idea. And so we could speculate forever, but I at least right was now that Jimmy was going to get in at some point, but well, we'll never know. We'll never I, know. I I actually disagree with that. I don't think I thought the only way Jimmy would start was going to be, and I'll tell you why. I, the only way Jimmy would start was if there was an injury, and the reason is because they had made the decision that they were going to make that trade for Trey Lance. They gave up all those picks, and that everyone knew, and this was really clear throughout training camp and throughout the offseason program, that everyone knew that it was going to be up and down. But ultimately what they needed from Trey Lance this season was to improve from week one to week 18. And it wasn't all about this year. I think the fans wanted it to be all about this year. It wasn't all about this season. It was about the future. And I think looking at the future, what now becomes a problem is that now next year, should they decide to stick with this Trey Lance thing, next year becomes this year. Mm -hmm. So now next year it has to be he improves from week one to week 18. So I felt strongly that Jimmy would not come in unless there was an injury because if they were going to commit to Trey, they had to commit to Trey. And it mentally, you mess up your franchise quarterback. But they knew. I mean, they they very much, it doesn't matter. at some point though, like if you are losing and if you aren't winning at some point, you have to say, okay, I've got to do what's best for this team. And if it's best right. for this team to have Jimmy at quarterback. But it doesn't matter. I mean, it didn't, yeah. we don't know. Didn't, we have we'll no idea know. what it is. We'll, we'll never know. know. We'll never know. Uh, but I think that they were, they had made the decision. It wasn't all about this year yeah. and that they felt he could improve, but it doesn't matter. Cause unfortunately he got injured in week two and then Jimmy came in and that was, that's that, that was that. So that they are, they I now are the there. Fairy tale ending where Jimmy goes and takes them to the Super Bowl. Well, you know, and it, it, it would be interesting. I mean, it'll be very interesting. And then if that happens, then what do you do? What do they do? Well, I, and I think if that happens, they sign Jimmy again. I mean, I, do, I think they have to, what do you do? Like if they, if he, again, I, well, like, you know, I mean, I guess you, maybe would, you can to, I don't know. I feel like now that he's a, he'll be a free agent and it's like every team might want him then. They might, but I think that if they run the table and they let's pretend we'll go fairy tale and okay. fan for a minute, um, and then we'll get back to the game. But fairy tale land for a minute. Um, if they run the table, they go to the Super Bowl, they win the Super Bowl, then I think they would figure it out because that that cap, as we have seen, can be figured out. Yeah. I think they do figure it out and he stays and Trey Trey does stay and he develops, but I think that's what you would have to, I mean, I have a theory that I kind of jokingly say, and I have said on this podcast before, but my joke here, but I think it's coming, going to do is that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on this team until the end of time. <laughs> like we are all going to be long gone. <laughs> it's going to be something else. Like the Yorks may not even own it anymore. And Jimmy Garoppolo will still be the quarterback at some point. He's probably like, okay. But I, you know, I don't know. I think we'll see, but we'll there's see. also something to be said for the fact that he's been here since 2017. He's, his family is here. You know, his, his brothers live here. Uh, his, he's a new uncle, the brother, it's a saw new baby. They're here. Like there's the, and he has a life here and he knows this team. He has friends, this team. They love him. He knows the team, even if he and Shanahan and like, who knows what's real and what's not or whatever, even if they do butt heads, like, you know what you're getting. And they know each other. There's something to be yeah. said for that. 
And I also think like it'll come down, it come down to money and, and we'll see. There is a long time before we get there, but Luckily, I think it would be a full season. Basically. We so, we totally have a full season. I mean, they've only played eight games. They got another nine to go. And then assuming playoffs. they make the playoffs, should they make the playoffs? Which I do think they will. I've always thought they would. It's, it's funny. Cause I'd really always predicted them to be a 10 or 11 win team yeah. that would get a wild card spot. So, and that was in the beginning. That was when Trey was starting. So, um, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. So it'll be kind of it'll be fun to see. But I think it's shocker. Fun. I think in the division is that the Seahawks are. I mean, the right now, like what? Who saw that with Geno Smith at quarterback? That's probably I mean, nobody. Maybe, <laughs> probably nobody. Even Kevin Clark, who has that tweet, is famous that they've never played this in a regular game. I don't think anyone saw that coming. No. And I feel, as you said, uh, that first Monday Night Football game, we all owe Geno Smith an apology, yes. and I think we do. You know, I am personally sorry. I, I am really too. am. I was like, so just there's no way. I was like, either the Seahawks are like tanking or like, what the heck are they doing? Mm-hmm. And Drew Locke, I mean, Pete Carroll had been saying all offseason that Drew Locke was their starting quarterback. So it wasn't Don't even worry. supposed to be Geno Smith. And Geno Smith comes in there and beats him out for the starting job. So it's like, wait, they're not even starting the guy that they thought was going to be like the questionable starting quarterback. It's the backup to the questionable starting quarterback. So what does that, what does that say? Just watch that the Seahawks pull this off. <laughs> they will win the division. The 49ers and Seahawks will play each other in the NFC championship game in Seattle. Seattle will win again. And people will just, I mean, I, I think like, I don't even know what would happen to 49ers Twitter. I think I would just log off and come back like in June. <laughs> That's what I think I would do. I think it would be better for everybody. But just watch, but that really is the big shock. I mean, the Cardinals, like, forget it. Um, and I mean, not to poo-poo the Cardinals, but think they're doing that to themselves uh so the cardinals kind of forget it the rams i think are in trouble and i still think that this matthew stafford elbow situation is a bigger issue than anybody wants to let on so yeah kind of see how that plays out but i do think the ram the rams will win games Look, but the I rams think, are you know, play as well as they played in that first half yesterday they're going places and they're, they will be a team to contend with but it's just i don't know if they have that i don't know either all the way through i don't know either I think their running game is going to be an issue. I think it'll be very interesting to see what they do before the trade deadline tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, or later today. This will come out on Tuesday morning. Okay, so, so, later if, today. so if you're if you're listening later, just I don't want people to get confused. Yeah. But yes, I think that later today, Ronnie Rivers is a fascinating story. Bounced around from different practice squads. And he was on three mm-hmm. different ones this year. And then he was applying for electric meter. And they're going into people's backyards, like checking their electricity meters. Um, just before he got picked up by the Rams and signed their practice squad, that which is so cool. Like a lot oh, can change cool. in a month and truly a lot can change in a month. Um, but I do think that they need a solid number one running back and they don't have that right now, especially with talk about butting heads, cam makers and yeah. Bay butting heads. So I don't think that he's going to be on the team much longer. It'll be interesting to see if they do find a way to work around their issues and have them on the team or if that ship has sailed. I feel like will be in terms of McVay, that ship has sailed because he, once he kind of is finished with a player, he seems to be finished with a player. We all saw that play out with Jared Goff. Um, yes. So yeah, I think they've got to address some issues before the trade deadline. I think their running game is going to be a big one. Um, staying healthy, same thing as the 49ers. Mm-hmm. They've both dealt with so many injuries already early in the season. But again, McVay is a great creative coach, so I don't think that they will go down without a fight. They definitely won't go down without a fight. And there is a lot of talent on that team. Yeah. So they will, 
they you we very well could have uh three playoff teams come out of the division it's just i'm not sure if anyone thought yeah, I, don't, I don't know if it's, it's going to be one of them. i don't know if this is the I don't know. Playoff division, but who knows like you said i don't know we'll see i mean left. that one additional game really does change things significantly it, it, and they did last year there were three of them and it was the one that wasn't was the seahawks and so it'll be interesting to see but it's it as things stand today we will see. I mean, we'll, you know, we'll see. There's, there's the extra game. There's also the extra playoff team. So we'll see. The Cardinals obviously were a major disappointment in the playoffs and the second half of the season last year. But, and then you had the Rams, the Friars get to the NFC Championship game. So it'll just be kind of interesting to see that. I don't think they're all getting that far, but the Seahawks are going to be interesting because mm-hmm. will they be able to, through the second this. half of the season, will they be able to maintain this? Is this like a little bit of a first half thing? I mean, I always do feel like, and you obviously know this, November and December is really when we figure out who's for real yeah. and who is not. And it's funny, like with the Cardinals last year, they got to that point, they were 8-0. So they were very much not for real the second half yeah. of the season, but because they'd won so many games, they still kind of skated on into the playoffs. So now we'll see in these next couple of months, like who really is for real and who's not, uh, but time, my, my favorite phrase, time will tell, time will tell. Uh, but, but you brought up injuries. So I want to talk about that for a minute. The 49ers got out of Sunday's game without any injuries, which is literally a miracle since <laughs> up until yet Sunday's game, they had lost someone significant every week, every single week. And, some and weeks, sometimes more multiple. than one person. Yeah. yeah. So, so when Kyle Shanahan came into the post game press conference yesterday, he smiled and said, I have no injuries to report. It's awkward. That's what he said. He said, this. it's awkward, but I don't. And then he started the call today on Monday and said, still no injuries were good. And I kind of thought this was going to be one of those things where he was going to come in and be like, well, so it turns out so-and-so. Right. But So now you look, they go into their bye week and you look at who they potentially have coming back. You you have, everybody. you should have. I mean, everybody that was everybody. out. Use check. And use check. Elijah Mitchell, who went mm-hmm. out week one, who's really is very important to this team. Uh, you have potentially Eric Armstead, maybe Javon Kinlaw, maybe Jason Fred. I'm not really sure on those two, but you're getting a lot of people. Juwan Jennings, Debo Samuel. I mean, you should be getting because they both missed portion this of your starters back. Yeah. yeah. But one something that's interesting to me is that with Elijah Mitchell coming back, trade deadline later today, what does that mean for Jeff Wilson? We saw both well, McCaffrey and Jeff Wilson really being their two primary running backs yesterday. Mm-hmm. But with Elijah Mitchell coming back, do you try and get some trade value and get some trade value back after, you know, trading so much for McCaffrey? Do you try and get something back with Jeff Wilson? Because there are teams out there that need a running back and he is a quality running back. He is. He is a very high quality running back. And you know what? That, that'll that be interesting to see. There were you know reports last week that they were fielding calls. I actually asked Kyle about it Monday on the call. And he said, as of now, he thinks they're set. Of course, they're listening, which I didn't expect him to like give me anything, give anything away. But I, I personally believe, in case anybody didn't know my personal belief, since I'm the one saying it <laughs> on my own podcast, but I would personally believe that if unless they are going to really get something good, like really significant back for Jeff Wilson, I would keep him because in that offense, that running backs in that offense, just get hurt. They do it all the time. They lose people every year. Elijah Mitchell is, is somewhat injury prone. I hate that term because it's football, but we've seen him in his young career deal with a myriad of injuries. And so I would think you'd want to, have a little depth there. I think also with Christian McCaffrey, obviously we saw him play 
so many snaps on Sunday. Swiss Army knife. Swiss Army knife, like in every single way. But maybe there are weeks you don't want that to happen. Maybe something happens and it's not major, but he's got a battle. So, I mean, it is, it's just a tough, it's just a tough offense for running back. So I would say if it came down to like a six round pick, if it's me and I am not in charge here, but if it's me, I keep Jeff Wilson Jr. If you can get a third, you, I'm not going to get a third. If you get a fourth, you get a fifth, then maybe, you know, then I think fourth it's different. Fifth, I think you've got to, you got to do long term and know what you just gave up and try and get some absolutely. capital back. Especially fifth, because this team, they, they just killed they those fifth round draft picks. picks. <laughs> when they gave up the fifth for Christian McCaffrey, that's what I was like, oh, they really want him. Oh yeah, they the fifth round is like their wheelhouse. It's their sweet spot. So if they can get a fifth rounder back, that's huge for them. So it'll it'll be kind of you know interesting to see what happens with the trade deadline. But I I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Wilson is still in awesome. Santa Clara after the bye week when the Chargers come to town. But we will see. As I again, time will tell. My favorite phrase: time will tell. Uh, so there's that. Then there's the defense on Sunday kind of got themselves back together. Uh, we saw really with the loss of Emmanuel Mosley, who's, who's not going to be back this season, the loss of Eric Armstead, the loss of Javon Kinlaw, the combination of everybody really hurt them against the Falcons, really hurt them, really hurt them against the Chiefs. I've said, and I do believe this, that the, perhaps the biggest of all of these injuries ends up being Emmanuel Mosley. I think it's really hurt their secondary. But and Eric figured Armstead. Out, and Eric Armstead, but I think they'll get Eric Armstead back. Yeah. They're not Emmanuel mostly back until next year. So I think the, the, and then the combination of all of it, but hope, well, I say they'll get Eric Armstead back. Hopefully they get our Eric yeah. Armstead back. It does feel that week after week, they're hoping to get him back. He's not coming back, but they I now, will have you know, we'll see some time games when they come back from the bye, back to back primetime games. Yes, they sure do. They will be hosting the Los Angeles Chargers at Levi stadium. And then we're off to Mexico city to play the Cardinals, the much, the Cardinals. who I've really just, nailed on this podcast i did not mean to, like i <laughs> really nailed it. catching strays on a podcast not even about them but they they play them in mexico city but yes they do have two primetime games i think the bye week and again i am not a doctor and i don't know for sure but i would imagine the bye week would be good for eric armstead so in theory they'll get him back but on sunday we did see that defense kind of get themselves back together i think is the best way to put it we saw a little bit of the defense of old, you know, with injuries, they're not going to be that elite defense of the first month. They'll be a solid defense. They they may get close, close to elite, but as they do get Armstead back, maybe they get Kinlock back and that changes a lot of things, but yeah. we saw them play so much better. The Rams had converted six straight third downs. And then that was basically it the rest of the game. And nice day um, difference again from that defense from the first half to the second half. Nice day, those second half adjustments. Mm-hmm. It was, it was amazing. And I think that was something that, that, that Fortnite's defense needed. And I think I'm going to use a really cliche term right now, but I do think this is the first time we've seen them play complimentary football on all, in all facets yeah. of the game. On I think the- Shannon said that after the game too. Yeah, they really, it really was. And it's funny because after the chiefs game, Bosa had said he didn't feel like they'd done it yet. And I think they, they figured it out. So like I said, all they need is a dose of the Rams to get them back on track. It's like they're penicillin. I'm here for <laughs> it. I love it love it too it's great it just makes for like such good everything <laughs> good football good content all of the things so that is that taylor what is next for the rams Do you know who they play next week because I, I think they've got the bucks oh interesting well that talk about a struggling football team struggling in the NFL. that'll be interesting to see which one gets back on track <laughs> do the bucks need to dose the rams or do the rams need to dose the bucks gosh Time will- well you know what i'm gonna say to that time, time will tell, will tell. So I'm going to ask you kind of a fun question before I let you go. 
It may not be that fun a question, but are the Philadelphia Eagles for real? I think they're for real. They've had enough tests where you're like, okay, they are for real. They've had multiple teams where every week we're like, are they for real? We're going to figure it out this week. We're going to figure it out this week. I don't look. I think it's going to be a situation that's similar to the Cardinals. They were the last team last year. And sometimes you just fall into this almost like it's almost like a curse because you are the last remaining undefeated team. We saw it in 2002 years ago, I think two or three years ago was with the Steelers where they went 11 and no, and they weren't for real. Like not that they weren't for real. They were still a very good team. But when you start, you pile up these wins, all of a sudden it's so hard for them to lose. I almost feel like it's a bad thing to be the last remaining undefeated team at this point, because when's the last time the last remaining undefeated team went on to win the Super Bowl? It's actually a good question. Well, ask research. Ask research, but I can tell you the last remaining undefeated team to go to the Super Bowl. And that would be the 2019 San Francisco 49 Oh, there you go. So they, I believe they were the last remaining undefeated team at that point because they are, their first loss was against the Seahawks on Monday Night Football, which I think put them either at 8-1 and one or 9-1, and one, and I think they were the only one left. I would have to triple-check that. Um, but they the were the last one that was like the last remaining undefeated team. And then won the Super Bowl. Because I, I actually believe, and people will think I'm – crazy on this but i said it before i think you i I basically kind of a little bit like what you said i think it's better to because it becomes pressure i learn how to get better from your mistakes and you learn how to like navigate it and it's too much a huge loss for the eagles jordan davis was seen limping off with um something on his ankle wrapped around it so they lose him that is a big player to lose that is that is is a big no it's no pun intended no it's yeah Pun it's, and it's massive. massive. Um, it's, it's massive. It's massive. Facts in all the ways. But it, it's funny because it's like I said, always like the Warriors, they had that season where like they were going to be I feel like that season became about breaking the record and then they lose early in the playoffs. My beloved Dodgers, who I'm still not over this year, I was like, at a certain point, I'd actually like them to not be hot and not keep winning games yeah. in September. It's almost those under the radar teams, the ones that kind of go through adversity early on find where their weaknesses are, identify them, learn how to go, you know, overcome them, compensate for them and still win despite those weaknesses. I feel like those are the ones that are better in the long run. Yeah, I think that's true. Especially so we'll see with this added game, I think it really does change things. I will say one thing for the Eagles, should they, should they, they're not, they're not going to go undefeated because I don't even think they should, but they, they're not going to defeat it. But should they continue in kind of what we were saying before, you know, play well, November, December and all of that. What I think they have going for them is that last year they went to the playoffs and lost and they kind of had that adversity. They dealt with quite a bit of adversity last season that I think has helped prepare them so well for this season. And I think it's not... I love to see Jalen Hurts, especially with how much criticism. And Philly is not an easy town to like struggle in. I mean, 49ers is not... Santa Clara, that's not an easy fan base. But the Eagles are really not an easy fan base. And they've got such diehard whole fans that almost when you start to play bad, just like the media effect and the fan effect of all the negative, like it's just too much, too many voices, too much energy, too much inside the locker room. As much as you try and keep it out, it does start to play a factor. And I think that he had so much of that. And then in like, despite all of that was able to come out and be such a success this season so far. So we'll see if the road to the NFC goes through Philadelphia 
We will see. But these next couple months, we are recording this October 31st. It'll come out November 1st. But really, these next couple months of football will be the ones that tell us who is for real, who is not, who is who's playing their best football at this point, who's not. Uh, and that will be kind of fun. We have so much season left. As you said, Taylor, we're basically we're, we have like almost like an entire season of football left. So we have much football to discuss. We'll definitely have to have you back on. Yes, but until then, absolutely. tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Taylor Bashotti, Instagram at Taylor Bashotti, and on NFL Network. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. I can't wait to see you again soon in Santa Clara. Happy if you Halloween. Guys, happy Halloween or, or day after. Yeah. Uh, for, if you guys like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. You could follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Fivo. We are brought to you by Bet Online. We're going to be off Friday because the 49ers have a bye week. Mm-hmm. And this little reporter is going to give herself a day off That's as well. Cute. Thank you very much. So, thank you very much. So you can hear me on Get My Job on Thursday. And then we'll be back with the Tracy Saylor Show next Monday. Happy day after Halloween, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.